Does this story sound familiar? It's not too different from the story we heard last week from John's Gospel. It's also not that different from the story that directly precedes it in the Gospel of Luke, when Jesus appears to his disciples on the road to Emmaus. The risen Christ appears to his disciples, and they don't know that it's him. In our reading this morning, the resurrected Christ appears to his disciples, and a series of events takes place. First, the disciples are scared, confused, and still unbelieving. Then, Jesus shows him his wounds and scars, and they begin to believe. Then Jesus eat with the disciples, and they really get it. And finally, Jesus tells them that they are witnesses of the living Christ. And the implication there is that they must also then testify to this good news and share it with others. This last part is where I'm having trouble this week. It's my actual, literal job to, pre to preach the good news of Jesus Christ being raised from the dead. Jesus Christ alive in our world even after having been beaten and hung up on a cross to die. But I don't know if I can do it today. I don't know if I can do it this week. This week when Dante Wright was murdered by police, revealing once again the demon of white supremacy that lurks in the shadows of everything we do. This week when a video surfaced showing unarmed 13-year-old Adam Toledo with his arms raised up in the air being shot by police in Chicago last month. This week when eight people were shot and killed while working at a FedEx plant in Indianapolis. This week, while the COVID death toll in the United States creeps steadily upward toward 567,000 lives lost, a disproportionate amount of those deaths being of black and brown people. This is what we, you and I, are witnesses of. These are the things we have seen. These are the images that leave us scared and confused. Maybe what we're feeling now is a little bit like what the disciples felt after Jesus died. Everything in their world was all wrong. They looked around and all they saw was grief and loss. Their vision blurred by tears shed for their beloved teacher and friend. For years, they followed Jesus, learning from him, watching him perform miracles, and healing people. And then one day, it's all gone. Not only did they lose their friend, but they lost the dream of the realm of God that Jesus was always on about. If Jesus was gone, how was that dream going to happen? They've hedged all their bets on Jesus. They've given up everything to follow him, and now he's just gone. It's no wonder that they're having a hard time believing their friends who say they've seen him alive. 
It's no wonder that the disciples don't recognize Jesus when he shows up. There's a sort of haze that comes with hopelessness that makes it hard to discern any sign of new life. This is where the disciples find themselves in our story this morning. And maybe that's where we find ourselves as well. At least I know that's true for me. So what changed for them? How did they work through the haze and see the risen Christ for who he is? Because it certainly didn't happen right away. The first thing that started them on this process was seeing Jesus' scars. That first started pulling them out of their hazy unbelief. Jesus chooses to show up, not in dazzling light or with a booming voice to try to make them believe that it's really him. But he carries in his body the very proof of his death as a way to show that he is alive. Yes, it really is me. And yes, I really did die. Look at the scars on my hands and feet. Touch them with your own hands. This is the proof that Jesus chooses. This is the way that he wants to be known and recognized, through the scars that he carries, marking his journey from life to death and back to life. Because is he even Jesus anymore without those scars? So maybe the scars are where we should start too. Not by looking ahead to the good news or the distant, shiny, elusive thing we like to call hope. But maybe we need to look more closely at the wounds of our own world. The crucified bodies lying cold in our own streets. Maybe we need to become acquainted with those wounds as if they were on the body of our friend, our brother, our beloved. Maybe we need to reach out and touch them with our own hands. Ours is a God who suffered, and when Jesus shows us his scars, he teaches us that resurrection isn't reversal, as Nadia Boltz-Weber puts it. Just because Jesus is alive now doesn't mean that he didn't suffer and die before. His resurrection doesn't undo all of the atrocities committed against his body. So if we really want to see Jesus, we have to look closely at the scars that he chooses to be his signal to his friends that it's really him. Jesus chooses to be known by his scars and shows us that where people are suffering and dying in the world, that's where we'll find him, walking with them. Jesus doesn't choose to show up this way in order to minimize or even glorify the violent death that he suffered. As Kelly Brown Douglas puts it, the cross represents the power that denigrates human bodies, destroys life, and preys on the most vulnerable in society. As the cross is defeated, so too is that power. God's power respects the integrity of all human bodies and the sanctity of all life. This is a resurrecting power. Therefore, God's power never expresses itself through the humiliation or denigration of another. It does not triumph over life. 
It conquers death by resurrecting life. So where does that leave us? And where did that leave the disciples? To my mind, it leaves us with some work to do. Just like the disciples are witnesses of the resurrection, they were also witnesses of the crucifixion. They know that this risen Jesus is the real deal because they were there when he died, and they saw the wounds on his body when he was still dead. And they are seeing him now again when he is alive. That's good news for the disciples. But for many of us, particularly white people, we have chosen not to look at the wounds. We have decided to turn our eyes away from the wounds of Jesus, especially when they show up on the broken bodies of our black and brown siblings in Christ. We want the good news Jesus without acknowledging the suffering Jesus in our midst. This is a privilege that our black and brown siblings are not granted, and it is a privilege that we can no longer afford ourselves if we want to be participants with Jesus in the coming of the realm of God and witnesses of true resurrection power. Power that, as Kelly Brown Douglas puts it, is God's definitive victory over the crucifying powers of evil. I don't know about you, but this just might be the kind of God that could shake me from my hopelessness or my unbelief. This God was dead, and yet this God is alive. This God shows us that there is life that comes after suffering. There is yet more life to come even after pain and death. If only we can open our eyes to see both. <laughs>